Welcome to The Lost Signals Discusses Philosophy, Narrative, and the Mechanics of Criticism. In this show, we analyze the greatest minds of narratology, both classic and current. Enjoy. Like a ghastly rapid river, through a pale door, a hideous throng of metaphysicians rush out forever and laugh but pontificate no more. Indeed. Yes. I am the phantom monster, Jonathan Ian Manzer, which is a very deep pull. Um, <laughs> and tonight we're discussing Edgar Allan Poe's Eureka. Next to me is a man whose body attracts me. <laughs> oh, I, I get nothing. All right. Yes, <laughs> I am Steve. And next to him is a man whose spirit repulses me. <laughs> Indeed. And I'm Scott Thurlow. Hello there. So we read Eureka, which... I did not know about its existence until several months ago when I randomly stumbled upon it in a place I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> but it intrigued me. It is Edgar Allan Poe's last major work mm. where he attempts to explain how the universe works. And at times it's a very interesting job that's way ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Other times, not Listen, so much. He got some things right and some things wrong because science marches on, but nevertheless. Yeah. But it is an interesting read. So, speaking of the science of this work, or the lack thereof, or the <laughs> theory of it, what do you guys think of some of the points you brought up? So, like you said, um, I was a bit more familiar with this. I never actually read it all the way through until uh, for, for this episode. But I was aware of his existence and that it was sort of one of the late, it, like you said, the latest thing that he wrote. And it's, if you didn't know this was Poe, you might think, like, you might not put it together because right. it certainly is not like anything like his other stories. Uh, it's very much different. Like, it's almost like his own, like, thought process experiment, kind of like parsing out, like, trying to get to the truth, quote, quote, uh, of the universe and how the universe, again, quote, unquote, really works. And it's like sort of origin and history and destiny. So, like, in that light, it's, it's quite interesting to go through. I know we, we sort of said that a number of times, but it is indeed. I'll say fascinating in a sense to see, pick out like ideas and concepts that he sort of arrived at that weren't scientifically even like being touted at the time that were later, some of them were proven more like actually happening or close enough to what he sort of laid out as an idea that were actually the case as, as far as we know, observable in physics and some of them that are not. But it was definitely, so this is written in, what was it, Sivo, 1848? 1848, yeah. Right? So that's well before Einstein and general relativity, mm-hmm. well before quantum mechanics. But some of the things he parsed out indeed apply to concepts and uh, ideas that, uh, experiments that were confirmed by those theories. So that's what I thought was one of the fascinating things to me about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think it's, I think it's really interesting. I, I almost got the, the feeling to a certain extent that Poe, at the same time as having to get out all of these things that were on his mind, I feel like for a long time having, it it seems like he just read a bunch of scientific journals and Mm. was like, oh, I got all kinds of ideas about this (laughs) and I, and I need to tell people like he was almost lampooning. It felt to me at certain points of this. It did veer into satirical ish territory. Scientific uh, articles and and journals and things like that. But it was also, you could tell that he had. A lot of passion towards this project, and mm. in fact, he said at some point that it was the most important thing that he ever wrote. So I don't know. I I think that the, there are a lot of strange things that wouldn't be that he says in here that weren't really of the time and wouldn't be mm. proven until years later. 
there are many more things that he was completely wrong about. I will say that. <laughs> so if sure, you read like this, I'll be like, oh, he's like a genius, you know, scientific. His track record is up and down on it, but go I, on. I do have, if you mind me interrupting for a second. Sure. I'm a big fan of Aristotle, and I read a number of his works. And it's interesting to see how much he got right and how much he got wrong yeah, as well. Sure. And to dismiss... Uh, I will say this, though. Yeah. I'm sorry. To that point, I, I get where you're going. Like, to dismiss that is to... But Aristotle was actually a scientist, whereas Poe was looking... He puts it in the title of this. It's, it's a poem, you know. Sure. He is looking to be poetic about science, and he does stumble upon some truths, right? That That's very interesting. But he doesn't actually do the science to try and prove any of it himself. No, he sort of Descartes it in a sense, or, if you will. Whereas Aristotle did do the science. He actually he did do the work. The, 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 right. That term. I mean, it's... Uh, but I actually feel it's... I like the uh, Aristotle that I just said, but I also think that... Uh, Voltaire mm. and his method kind of, of Voltaire vibe is what you're saying, and yeah. I, I yeah, kind of but, agree. But him using fiction to forward mm. uh, new thoughts, and I, I, I do think like, we're going to get into the sincerity of it later. But I do think that Poe really had a bunch of these ideas. I, I agree with you. Like, it feels like it's a person who was a fan of science mm. and was really getting mm. into it, and is like, I, I can't wait, but. I'm not comfortable with explaining the science. I'm comfortable being the author. So it's yeah, sort like of a that. weird well said. Uh, yeah. mixture of the two, but that's how he writes. There's a really funny thing he does right in the beginning of this, which I didn't pick up on until I read a little bit more about the work, Eureka, and, and things like that. But he quotes this famous scientist, Ham. You guys may recall. Yeah. You know who that is? Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon. Yes. <laughs> and he does it a couple times yeah. with like other scientists and like Aristotle. Yeah. Aristotle. Yeah. The ram versus the pig. <laughs> it's like some pun, yeah. yeah, like references to that stuff. If you know it, like he sort of uh not lampoons them, but use them as a, a humorous little sort of like alternate. So so yeah, he's clearly go- going for like the the storytelling side of making uh of, of science and and there i think there's kind of been a rise of this lately mm. i mean maybe it's always been there right but like you see people like well you see a lot of like fiction based on science you know you see movies like interstellar or something but that's not really what he's going for this is more of like the way that neil degrasse tyson sure explains things but bill nye the science guy bill nye the science guy <laughs> except for those two guys that we just named are also actually scientists yeah. and and poe is not really a scientist but you know, it's that kind of like he wants to make this journey into the unknown of science interesting and 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 readable. Yeah, and I definitely salute him for that. Yeah. And he does talk a lot about the the things that are defined in the world of science in 1848. Now, going in, uh, I'm going to hop back to what you're saying about Francis Bacon, and Aristotle, mm-hmm. and John Stuart Mill's, mm-hmm. uh, which. He makes a joke about John Stuart Mills riding someone else, but he rides John Stuart Mills. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, yes, but regardless, uh, I think that he really displays to that point, like that there is, was a lack of popularization. Like science is very myopic in its viewpoint, and that you need someone with a big picture. And Poe's got that big picture <laughs> idea of hmm. what how the world works and. That his ideas are as valid as science. And I think he makes a very erroneous, but I understand the point you're to make with Kepler. Like, come up with a big picture and then scientists can then 
like chisel down what's wrong with it. And <laughs> yeah. Build. But you need someone at first to really come up with this idea. And to be fair, over time, he was right about a lot of things in there and sure. was, and we chiseled away what's wrong with it. He was vindicated it. by history and like the points that he was like a bit off on, we'll say conservatively that, yeah, have, that's been coming light as well. Yeah. I think that there's, a, I think that there's a lot to be said for the way that Poe looks at science mm. in this. I agree. Not even necessarily any of the conclusions, any of the conclusions that he came to, right or wrong. Just the way that he views it of looking is at it, man. different than the way that a lot of people had viewed it up until then, I think. And that, in and of itself, allowed him to sort of make some conclusions that people hadn't come to yet that ended up, you know, some being wrong, some being right. Which I think is, you know... But, but even, either way, he I made would, the leap. Yeah, and yeah. I would say even those wrong conclusions led somebody to explore something that maybe wouldn't have been explored mm. at least quite so soon. Yeah, man, not every experiment ends in success, but if uh, you although, do learn something Although, who it. knows? I'm, I'm sure, like, not a ton of scientists were, like, rushing to go explore the things that Ed, Edgar Allan Poe was talking about. Oh, in I, Einstein was a fan of this work. Yeah. A hundred years later, or no. 90 years later, in, I think, 1935, he said, you know, yes. Sure. Like yeah. But nevertheless, it's still, it's like I said, it's still, it's, if not eerily relevant, still perhaps surprisingly relevant for given the fact that it's so far, it was so far removed even then from him and Einstein, Simon now in our time still. I think possibly the most impressive thing about this is that he wasn't a scientist at all and got so deep into this sure, stuff, but he like, was a got sharp, so, like so deep into trying to understand all this stuff that he made some, he came to some conclusions that, like, made people, made actual scientists sit up and take notice. And, sure. You and know, that's pretty impressive, yeah. Intuitions were correct on certain things. Yeah. And that's, and it's really weird because I've read a lot of Poe, but I never saw this side of him. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It's, it's, if you're a fan of Poe, it's well worth a read, at least a couple pages in, to see what his actual interest was. Yeah. Like, uh, to be fair, this is a rather lengthy and, denser work than most of the stuff like i said that most people are familiar with but nevertheless you know if you get a once you get sort of aligned with how he's trying to parse it out then you can sort of go along for the ride and it's quite well done yeah it's it's basically a novella i think it's 75 pages yeah it's it's like i said fairly lengthy sure but as you want one of you mentioned that there's a little preface that in which he outright explicitly states that he wishes it to be viewed as essentially a poem Mm. not necessarily a academic slash scientific and quotes work but still, he is focusing upon those topics, or at least looking at it through that angle. Right. Uh, there's a... Uh, uh, who's the short, pudgy comedian? And he's in a lot of nerdy stuff. Uh, Boswell. Boswell, yeah. He has a thing with uh, uh, physic, uh, physics for poets, uh, <laughs> joke that he does. <laughs> and this is what it definitely feels like. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. That he's trying to... In a uh, sense, yeah. But uh, so, do you have any other? Before we get into the sincerity issue of this that I've read about, do you have any further thoughts on uh, the science behind it? Uh, not quite. Maybe like maybe they tie into what I'm going to say ties into the sincerity aspect of it. But I guess I'll say that there's two things that he brought up that are still more or less, if not a one-to-one like direct correlation to uh, issues in unsolved experiments in physics today, but that are still there. So that, may, but that made time necessary thing. So maybe I'll expand upon well, it. Well, I, I don't know. I think we should mention the things that he kind of got correct. You know, okay. like, 
Yeah. Right. One of them is cosmic background radiation. He kind of discusses that. Yeah. Like, well, that's I was reading it. I was like, wow. <laughs> that's, this, nobody's going to figure this out for a very long time after this. Well, that somewhat related is also the expansion of the universe. Yeah. Like, he doesn't quite, like again, like say it that way, but it pretty much implies that. It does. Although he, he I, don't, I feel like he can't even imagine the infinite expansion of the, the universe. The vastness right of it, sure. But he does. I mean, but he, he does talk up- about how it, like, is basically filling the jar, you know? Yeah. Like, he does mention the concept of infinity, which is something, like, also that is a difficult... He doesn't, he doesn't, like, go into it all that deeply, but still, it is attached to this in general. Uh, the big crunch, yeah. uh, which is out of favor it's, nowadays, but still... It was a there. it was a, uh, a possibility, or at least a consideration yeah. mm-hmm. in, the, in the world of uh, physics for a while. But yeah, it's, you're right. It's somewhat been more or less disproven at this point, mm-hmm. but nevertheless... That was wasn't like relatively wasn't that long ago. But the way he lays it out is like really fascinating. Yeah. It's like you know he talks about the attraction. To, I love some of the my favorite my favorite probably my favorite part of this is his discussion of how incredible he finds it that every atom in the universe is attracted to every other atom in the universe and how this each atom has this which is essentially gravitation, general relativity. Yeah, mm-hmm. has this gravitation towards. He was like, if he, I forget what he says. He, I think he says something similar to, if all atoms in the universe were attracted to one central point, that would be miraculous in and of itself. But the fact that every atom has a gravitational attraction to every single other atom in the universe is mm. like mind blowing. And I never really thought about it like that, but it is kind of fucking mind blowing. You know, that's sure. really insane. Quite an epiphany. All right, uh, then. I guess we'll uh, put in a little addendum here, which is the and you brought this up precast about the use of God here. And I was going to mention that too, but again in the uh, next section. But if you want to mention, but it here. we'll do it right now. Okay. Uh, the prime mover type yeah. idea that the Big Bang was uh, God's will. It's the reason that everything just doesn't snap back immediately. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a divine purpose for uh, atoms to right. exist, keeping it that way. Sure. Uh, a repulsory force. I, I remember. <laughs> I took a class once upon a time about like 17th century philosophy. They're saying that like you know Newton and uh, Leibniz and all the, like God was definitely a, con- a consideration for everything. And the thing is, you can't look at it nowadays ever what how a secular society views God. Hmm. Back then, God was a factor. It was a constant. There wasn't really a secular society. Yeah, more you, or less. Yeah. But uh, like it, it, it would be beyond them to question it not being. Uh, so I feel that. I never thought Paul was necessarily a godly man, but I also don't think that he could have been otherwise of saying that. It sort of well, was like naturally. Yeah, it, it was natural intuition. Yeah, I mean, side. and I agree. Like, I do have a note just since, like, he uncomfortably keeps bringing up the volition of God, uh, <laughs> I, like, in a Descartes way, which I didn't find, you know, of course, I'm not going to find that tasteful in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I get it. Sure. Like, the point that you just made, certainly, I think, uh, it stands. Uh, uh, Newton was I I believe if I'm gonna paraphrase him said that the once you figure out all of the mathematics of how the universe works it'll prove God exists. Mm-hmm. Um so like that's uh <laughs> I, I guess the way it is. Sure. Uh, and in the end isn't math God? <laughs> but, uh, math is my God. Anyway. Uh, but uh, to, there's an interesting debate over the sincerity of this work. Mm-hmm. So initially this was a lecture that Poe gave and he was expecting a lot of people to show up to it <laughs> yeah. and help fund his uh, next, like, written work. Yeah. 
Uh, and not that many people showed up to it. And as you mentioned earlier, he uh, got negative reviews for the most part on it. I believe a lot of people showed up like, ooh, Poe's going to show us some new uh, like uh, horror works that he's come <laughs> yeah. up with. Yeah. And here he is discussing physics. <laughs> I would be disappointed too. <laughs> um, people are just yelling, do the raven in the back. <laughs> <laughs> in the lecture hall or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, – but a lot of people were – now, there's like uh, three schools of thought on this. Right. One, it was a cynical attempt to make money. Two, he was mad at this point from uh, syphilis. syphilis. yeah. Uh, so, like, he was just kind of being uh, – Stream of conscious, like, here's what I'm thinking about right now. Uh, uh, Philip K. Dick style. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then uh, the other one was he's actually – this is his topic that interested him. And he was really trying to spell out, like, what I imagine it was his hobby mm. as he got older reading. I happen to believe that it, he's really sincere about this. Now, allow me to point out a possibility in which there's all three of those factors <laughs> possibly contributed to his producing his work. That's not outside the realm of possibility, I would say. Certainly, you can like be like, you can take like the three sides, like, okay, it was this, it could be. A, B, or C, but very sincere in his syphilis. Yeah, I don't. Syphilitic. Yeah, I don't think like you have to like divide it up necessarily in such a way. I mean, I think he could have been. I, I think that you can be poking fun at something and also raising up that platform as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, that's true. I agree with that. I tend to think that he, unless unless he was in the throes of like <laughs> late. In the mouth you know, of madness. Syphilitic madness. Yeah. I tend to think that a clear-thinking Edgar Allan Poe would realize that he's not a scientist. That, like, clearly, this is just his own I mean, he does pretty much say that. thrown out said. into, like, into the darkness or whatever. And, but at the same time, he, I think, realizes that he's a smarter person than a lot of people around him. And he has something at least clever to say, if not necessarily correct. Hmm. And um, I, I, and I think that he has an idea that when he's, when he was writing this, I think he had an idea that he could make a statement about this issue that he thought and hoped people would pay attention to. Now, granted it turned out to not necessarily be really the case, at least at the time, but it hmm. did get picked up and, and seen later, sure, uh, by a lot of people, probably by dent of his, uh, by dent of his uh, reputation, yeah, yeah, his previous reputation. Like, you know, when you write fifty good short stories and you know whatever and poems and stuff, people are gonna read pretty much everything that you do. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it's both. I think that he's kind of like. throwing his wit upon uh what he's read and like trying to recast it in his own and, and recast that in his own like voice not a, yeah not only that like not not only recasting what he's read but taking the disparate things that he's read and trying to put mm. them together and see what that what comes out of that and i think that's really interesting oh, it's very well put yeah uh, i i will say that i think the fact that he begins this work on the defensive mm. with trying to 
not trying to elevate himself, but to denigrate others so that they're his peers and discussing scientific uh, uh, scientists. They're not all they wish they were. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, no matter what school of thought you go to on it, um, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it uh, doesn't exist. Yeah. All those points. He, he firmly attempts to not elevate himself, but to sort of uh, put him on equal, everyone else. No, uh, sort of put him on an equal footing. Put, yeah, yeah, so that he will be taken seriously. Yeah. Mm. I think that that's the actions of someone who's not comfortable with what they're with, who's knows they have something to say, but not necessarily comfortable with you saying it the same way that their the peers would say it. Through science. No, I get what you mean. So I think that he was very sincere about that. And I wouldn't want him to say it that way. Honestly, no. we've read a lot of, no, not a lot, but we've read a, a good amount of philosophical works by different people. I'd say this is one of the most grabbing of all of those, at least. Like, I, sure. I think that Edgar Allan Poe, at the very least, knew what he wanted to say in this work and, as always, knew exactly how to say it. Mm. As as with anything that he wrote, and like I'll read this, I'll read seventy five pages of this, not over, but like you know, reading Frega is a lot more difficult than reading seventy five pages of Edgar Allan sure. Poe. You know what I mean? No, I get you. So I guess to answer like the question we originally started this section off with is that, as I said, I think in my series it's a bit at least of column A and column B. Like I don't think he was in the fit of syphilitic madness, but even if he was, like the onset of it, it's still clear enough and concise. And yes, there are like again satirical aspects to it here and there but by and large i think he was honestly legitimately trying to get something out that he was getting interested in or, or was interested in before but never had a platform or at least a chance mm. to state what he wanted to state about it until this point so yeah, yeah like and maybe yes Poe's broke <laughs> i was gonna say as my joke he was always poor and at least throughout his life and trying to like raise money to publish and get whatever he's done so sure if he was giving a lecture then of course that's going to be just you know a sort of if not, how shall I say, he needed to do that be- to live, to survive, either way. So, But this is what he chose to focus on and write about. I think he is pretty earnest about it in, at the end of the day. So, yeah. Okay, so any other thoughts on this work? Not like, not, again, nothing specific. I do highly recommend you read it. Yes, it's a bit of a, you know, it's going to take you a little bit longer than reading any of your short stories or anything. But I still think it's totally worth it, especially if you're a fan of Poe. And even if you're not, I still think it has something to say and is relevant. And you can get something out of it to a degree and maybe it'll like help you like uh think about such things in a different way and don't be afraid if you don't know what you're talking about it's about the big picture anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. be broad be broad can't go wrong yeah i mean i i agree i, I think it's a i think it's a good read probably take you about three and a half four hours sure. every week like quickly. i said it's a bit of a commitment but i think you'll maybe five you, if you don't i think many people who are again if you're inclined to get into this sort of stuff, you will fall into it pretty quickly and find yourself, you know, if not absorbed, then at least engage with it. I, I still found Roland Bart a easier read. No. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not. Get on out of here. SC was a much more difficult read than this. Anyway, I'm Jonathan Umenzer, here with Steven Mosi. Goodbye. And Scott Thurlow. And my universe is expanding. See you next time. Thank you for listening the Lost Signals discusses philosophy, narrative, and the mechanics of criticism. Editing and engineering by Jonathan Ian Manzer. Music by Christopher Morgan. 
Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates.